We've officially reached the end of our first full month in this strange new way of living. There's a silver lining in that accomplishment, as it means we are one step closer to returning to some sense of normalcy, getting back to the ballpark, and finally, enjoying some baseball. Throughout this time away from the game we love, we've all learned just how much sports, and especially baseball, has played an impact on our lives. As the song by the band Cinderella goes, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And I know myself, and I'm sure a ton of you, have developed an even deeper appreciation for sports than you had previously. That devotion and passion for the game of baseball is what has made today's guest, 2020 power hitting coach Rob Benjamin, successful at every level of baseball. He learns as much from the game as he puts back into it, and that shines through in his coaching style, the way he works with his players, and how he lives his life day in and day out. We are truly blessed to have Rob as a member of our coaching staff in 2020, and we certainly hope you enjoy hearing about his much-traveled journey that has taken him to his current pit stop here in Charleston. From a socially distant minimum of six feet away, it's time for another episode of Expanding the Grid. And welcome back to another edition of Expanding the Grid. It is episode number 12. A couple episodes ago, we talked with 2020 power pitching coach Nathan Bannister. Today, we have 2020 power hitting coach Rob Benjamin joining us here on the podcast. Rob, we are uh, so grateful to have you uh, joining us here on the podcast. I know this is uh, not the way we wanted to introduce you here to the West Virginia Power fans, but uh, thanks for taking some time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, David. Um, we're looking forward to to the season starting eventually, hopefully soon, and uh, looking forward to being on your show. Now, uh, you, you've had a, a really interesting career. You know, you've you've kind of been coaching it at basically every level of baseball. I, I'm curious, what brought you to minor league baseball and to the Seattle Mariners? I mean, it's 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 basically like my my career has come full circle of course growing up it's every every kid's dream uh every kid plays baseball to play in the major leagues to play in professional baseball unfortunately uh i kind of got derailed once i got to college and i just really wasn't very good um and so i got i got into coaching and when the opportunity presented itself as as a coach on the outside and, and the private sector to coach in professional baseball, I, I mean, it's just something that you just don't turn down. Anybody that loves baseball and has dreamed of playing in professional baseball in the minor leagues and in the major leagues, I mean, this is just an opportunity you just don't pass up. Absolutely. And last year you got started with the Mariners in the Dominican Summer League what was that experience like for you working with some of the Mariners' youngest players in their system who are really just getting their first taste of professional baseball? It, it was a surreal experience, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, dream come true. It, and, you know, just getting down there and, and seeing those players and how committed they are and how much they, they work and the sacrifices that they're making to just to get to that point, uh, it, it was just an, an unbelievable experience and being surrounded by 
by the coaching staff down there, the professionalism with, with Austin Knight, with Caballero, with Amasio, uh, Danny was there as well last year, uh, Guadi, a lot of these veteran uh, coaches. And, and they were just, everybody was really warm and open and just really brought me in into the circle and just, you know, it was, it was amazing just being down there. Now, I know one of the toughest things for a, a new coach coming into a, a system and joining a new team is that you've got to develop a relationship with these players that you've never really met before. So, so how did you go about approaching that aspect of being a coach and getting them to trust you and your guidance? Because you have been around the game a very long time. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the tough part, especially for a coach who's mostly been in travel baseball and working in, in facilities where you're giving lessons, you're giving, you're doing group workouts. It's mostly mechanics, uh, swing pattern, uh, adjustments. It, it's not really about the, the, the relationships as the way it is in professional baseball. So there was a, there was a learning curve there. Uh, lucky for me, I had some guys that were already in professional baseball who were giving me some great advice and just telling, you know, showing me the ropes and how to build those relationships with the players, how to gain their trust, how to communicate and be tactful and your approach and, you know, just really allowing the players to, to lead the way. Um, So, and, and I think that was, that was like the toughest part for me coming in as a first year coach, just, you know what, I need to just maybe not say anything. I just, you know, I'm, it's my first day. It's my first week. I'm just going to learn, basically. That's really what it was. Just last year was me just trying to learn from everybody, from the players, from the coaches, from from everybody. Who were some of the guys that you leaned upon when you were looking for advice on, on how to be a coach in the minor leagues and how to develop a relationship with these guys? Uh of course, it was Austin Knight, who's the manager down in the DSL. He's, he's an amazing human being, uh, insightful, wisdom, everything you can you can think of as as this coach. You know, um, a mentor. Austin's it. I mean, Knight he was just phenomenal. He was always there when when I needed you know uh, a shoulder to lean on or just somebody to pick their brain. So he was he was there. Also, our hitting coordinator Q, Q was was awesome and just making me aware of how to go about day to day and preparation and communicating and just trying to uh, avoid any pitfalls that that might present themselves. Uh, and then also Guadi, who was the fourth coach down in the DSL last year. He, he's a veteran of professional baseball, I'm going to say 25, maybe 30 years, uh, coach with several different organizations, um, highly regarded in the Dominican uh, as a coach, as a mentor, as an instructor. So when, when I got there, he just welcomed me with open arms and basically just kind of guided me and, and showed me the ropes on how, the, you know, on how things work in the Dominican and how to communicate with the players. Now, I know last year you were working with power pitching coach Nathan Bannister. He was in the DSL as well. Uh, what do you remember most about working with Nathan and the way he was coaching the pitchers? Nate, uh, several things. Uh, young guy, just completed uh, his career. 
so he he was also a first year coach last year, and just the way that he he presented himself, he had himself, he has the experience of playing in Pro Bowl. He understands what it takes. Uh, so that that's something that really stood out, and also his knowledge. He's extremely knowledgeable of uh, throwing pattern, arm care, uh, data analytics. So just very smart, very wise, especially for such a young coach. And uh, and the players gravitated to him, and he was from what I when I what I saw last year, uh, he really helped the pitching staff with Amasio, who was the pitching coach there. So really just helping Amasio how to really understand the the new data, the way pitching is, the way the movement is going right now. Now, you, you've been a coach for a long time at many different levels. Where do you kind of see most of your coaching philosophies developing from? Wow. Um, there, there's really the, there's many different areas, I, I guess. Uh, just life experience. A lot of, you know, just the things that I've learned throughout my whole life, not only in baseball, but in, in at home, in, in marriage and relationships at work, uh, my past, uh, my past employment, uh, just, it's really just a, a, a sampling of everything that, that I've, that I've experienced throughout my life. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, just the, the knowledge, the connecting, uh, with others, communication, self-awareness, you know, it's, it's really many different spectrums, that, that I've taken little bits and pieces from. Now, I'm curious because I know you mentioned that Nathan was was kind of coaching up some of the other guys about how to use analytics and how to use technology when it comes to being a coach. How have you seen the uh, the kids in the DSL adjust to working with technology? Because I, I know you're familiar with it, but some of them don't have access to that kind of technology before they really come to the Mariners Academy in the DR. So how did you see them kind of adjust to working with that and having those additional tools available to make them better? I mean, at the end of the day, they're kids and kids are curious. They're young players, 16, 17, 18 years old, and and they're hungry for knowledge. So it wasn't that difficult at all. And if you make it early on as, you know, we're just going to play a game. And we're gonna we're gonna collect some metrics. We're gonna see how hard you can hit the ball. We're we're gonna we're gonna compete. Uh, and then once they start to get familiar with the technology and the numbers, then you start to explain to them the the benefits of sustaining a, a certain number. You know, say for exit velocity, or you know, if if we're running them through any uh, biomechanic movement screens you know then explaining to them how um improving their their range of motion or you know whatever it might be in in their body how it's going to help them improve their swing and and become better movers and hitters in the batter's box uh but it it wasn't that difficult at all to to get the players on board they they want to learn and they want to compete and they they're willing to do whatever it takes to to get to the next level 
And you can see that certainly throughout the Mariners system that the, the the people that the Mariners bring in and coach up through their system are, are just certainly hungry for knowledge and hungry to continue to get better and advance through the system. Uh, as Rob Benjamin, the power hitting coach, joins us here on Expanding the Grid. Uh, speaking of young guys you got to work with, last year you had the privilege of working with Noel V. Marte and Jonathan Clase, uh, two players who certainly could see time with the power this year. I want to start with Marte. I know he's a little bit of a bigger profile right now. The DSL player of the year last year. What about him makes him so special in your eyes? He's a, he's, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, I, I consider him a five tool athlete, a baseball player. Uh, one of the things that was really impressive uh, about Marte is his, his, his self-awareness. Uh, his ability to hold himself accountable and and express himself and lead the other players. Um, he 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 is just a phenomenal kid, well ahead of of you know most eighteen or nineteen year old players. Just mentally, physically, I mean the tools are there. Six uh, three, maybe two hundred pounds, two ten. I'm not quite sure, but I mean, but great arm can hit the ball for for power. I mean, he the ball just sounds different off his back. Amazing glove at short, range. I mean, he can run for a kid his size and surprising speed. Um, so I, I really see him sticking at shortstop and, and moving pretty quickly through the system if, you know, if he does everything the way I, I believe he will. And a guy who kind of is following in his footsteps, Jonathan Clase, uh, you know, another special talent uh, in the Mariner system. What what did you see from him last year in the DSL? Well, well, Jonathan, and his last name is pronounced Clase. Okay, it's uh, a classroom uh, in in Spanish, but so Clase is different than than most of the players that were there, just because uh, he's. A little bit shorter, maybe five eight. Wasn't as as highly regarded as Marte. You know, just kind of came in under the radar. But there, once you see him on the on the ball field, and he put on some weight. He really worked hard uh, coming into the season, and put on some muscle, which just completely changed his body. Completely changed how he plays the game. And you know, like if you see this this kid on the field you wouldn't believe he's not a superstar house. I mean, 80 grade speed, just hunger, aggressive, um, just plays the game hard. It's really like a, a old school kind of uh, game that he has on the baseball field. If you think about it, just like everything's at a hundred percent, you know, cutting balls off in the gap, uh, coming out of the batter's box, legging out triples and doubles, balls that are probably going to be singles for most guys. He's turning into doubles. Just amazing world-class speed. And I think one of the things that's truly special about both of these guys, Marte and Classe, is that they both seem to be following in the footsteps of Julio Rodriguez, who is obviously a mythical talent. He was with the power last year. <laughs> we were we were blessed to watch him at Appalachian Power Park for the 67 games we had him for. Uh, how have you seen that relationship between Julio and, and those two develop? Julio is basically on an accelerated track to the big leagues, and some are saying that especially Marte might be not far behind him. 
I, I haven't, honestly, I haven't had the privilege of, of meeting Julio, uh, but from what I've heard and what Marte has told me, they, they have a, a great relationship, more like brothers. Uh, they rely on each other heavily and they're constantly communicating and, you know, sharing information and just words of encouragement to each other. Um, so it, it'd be interesting to really see how that relationship continues to blossom, that friendship that they have, that brotherly bond. Um, and that's only going to help them as they continue to, to move up through the system. I mean, they're, they're going to be with each other all the way through and, and, you know, they're, they're there to push each other, you know, although, you know, players are competing, but at the end of the day, they they want to help each other. They all want to get to, to the next level. They all want to get to the big leagues. Now, I know besides your work in the Mariner system, you also have a pretty successful hitting academy called the Riot Hitting Academy. Uh, talk to me a little bit about where that idea came from and what was the process of creating that organization? Well, right hitting is, is interesting because it's actually a uh, creation of my wife. My wife uh, basically just came up to me, and at that time, I believe I was working for uh, a travel baseball organization, a facility in the city, and she she noticed that I was just starting to get a lot of uh, attention the parents were asking for me at the, the facility and, and the players were looking for me. And so she basically was like, why don't you just start your own Academy, you know, get on social media. Uh, and so she came up with the name, she riot hitting. And, and at the time it was, oh, I, it was an acronym. I honestly, it was, I don't remember. rotational <laughs> okay. intent on plane, turn fast, something like that. You know, but she came up with the term. She started my my Instagram page, my Twitter page. She was the one, the mastermind behind the whole thing, and it just it just took off. And when when this started, it especially in New York, it was different. Just uh, technology, talking about matching the plane of the baseball. These are things that really weren't talked about in, in hitting circles. Uh, and, and studying and learning and being progressive and looking at analytics and data. Uh, so at the time, I was, you know, I, I like to believe that, at least in the city, I was just a little bit ahead of the curve there. And and I, I started to get some attention, some negative from some guys that didn't like what I or agree with what I was doing and, and some positive and things just really started to take off with, you know, with right hitting. And it's been an incredible journey and I'm really grateful for it. How do you go about kind of balancing your work with riot hitting and your coaching duties in the Mariner system? Well, my, my players understand that, you know, once the season starts, uh, I, I devote myself a hundred percent to, the players in the organization, the coaches, uh, and just everything up up the chain. It's it's all Mariners, and even during the off season, I still have some work that I have to turn in, and you know keep keep track of the players and communicate with them. But my players also understand that they're more than welcome to to send videos to me, to to FaceTime, to text, uh, any ideas. I one thing that I constantly preach to my players is I, I want you to be curious, go out there, 
uh, become your own best teachers. I, I don't want the players to be codependent on me. I want them to be their own teachers. So learn, read, watch video. If something that, that you've read or that you've seen a video of, if, it, if it's something that you really like or just curious about, send me the clip. Um, shoot me a text. And it might take me a little bit to get back because I, I might be in the middle of a game or in practice or, you know, maybe writing up a report. But I, I definitely, I tell my players, I'm going to be in contact with you no matter what, even if I'm away, I'm still here. And especially nowadays we can, we can FaceTime, we can Skype, whatever it is. If I'm, if I'm not able to be there and I have 15, 20 minutes, let's FaceTime you go in front of that batting tee and, and we'll do a online virtual lesson. Rob Benjamin, the power hitting coach joining us here on expanding the grid. Now you have been all over the place in terms of your coaching duties. You've been in Florida, New York, California, Washington. Uh, does your experience seeing baseball from all different parts of the United States kind of help you as a coach? Because now you're working with players from so many different parts of the nation. Um, I, I look at, at the end of the day, baseball is baseball. Um, they they play the game the right way. Maybe they might have different accents. <laughs> a kid from uh, <laughs> from New York is probably going to sound different than a kid from from California or from Washington or Florida or wherever it might or from West Virginia. Um, but once they step on the baseball field, it's it's the game that everybody loves. It's it's uh, it's it's the national pastime. Um, throw the ball, catch the ball, hit the ball pretty straightforward um talent wise okay some of the warmer states might have a little bit more talent than than northeast or the colder states but once at, at the professional level it's i mean they're pretty equal and and their talent and their ability kind of shifting gears a little bit I, i'm curious when you first started playing baseball and, and who was it that got you involved in the game oh wow um it was definitely my mom. My mom, um, I grew up in a, in a single parent household. My mom was basically my mom and my dad to me. So from a very young age, I, I, I grew up in Puerto Rico and I have pictures of playing T-ball, maybe two, three years old, I'm going to say. Wow. Just running around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, Back then, or in Puerto Rico, I don't know if, if that's the case here. It's called the Diaper League, and it's just like toddlers and a tee, and you just try to hit the ball and, and basically just try to learn which direction to run. You know, I I seen video of I'm I'm running the third base. I'm going the other <laughs> way. <laughs> you know, I was two three years old. I don't know what I'm doing out there, but it's, yeah. But my mom, she she was always there for me very inspirational and i learned the game uh, from her would you say that your mom is the most influential person in your life overall oh by far by far she's uh she's like i said she she was my dad she she was always there um, when i was young and i was going through those phases those growing pains those teenage years uh teaching me how to, how to be a man, how to be a, a, a father, um, how to have empathy and, and care, have a high care level. 
towards others. It, it was always my mom, and you know, she taught me the importance of of an education. And that's something growing up in the inner city, both in Puerto Rico and in the South Bronx in New York, um, that was the way, that was going to be the way out. And my mom was always there making sure that myself and my sisters, we were always in school, you know, we were getting there on time and when we struggled and you had, you know, some negative influences in, in the city, but, she was always there for us and always just guiding, trying to keep us in the right direction. You know, and it's, it's not so hard, especially in, in the South Bronx in the inner city. It's, it's not so simple. You know, you, there, there's, there's, you're being pulled from different directions, but at the end of the day, she was always there to make sure that I kept my head on straight and focus and on school, focus on, being a better person and focus on just trying to find a way out of the circumstances that we were in. Now, I know you mentioned you grew up in Puerto Rico. I would love to know, because there are so many great baseball players that have come from Puerto Rico, (laughs) if you could kind of create a a Puerto Rican baseball player Mount Rushmore, who would be on that that Mount Rushmore? (laughs) I know it's tough, but like, who, who do you think would make that cut? Um, it's, it's, it's gotta be the, the players of my childhood. Of course, at the top of, of the mind, you have Roberto Clemente. Of course. And he's a, it's a no brainer. Everybody knows who he is. Pittsburgh Pirate Hall of Famer. He's, you know, he's at the top. I think half of the streets in Puerto Rico or schools are named Clemente. Um, but he's at the top. Then Robbie Alomar, you have, uh, Orlando Cepeda, uh, who was, obviously before my time, but he's, you know, one of the few Puerto Rican Hall of Famers. Uh, you have Juan Gonzalez. You have uh, Ivan Rodriguez. Um, let's see, who am I forgetting? Carlos Delgado, Carlos Baelga, um, Edwin Diaz, <laughs> who used to be part of the organization. Um, just so much talent, especially when I was growing up in in the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, the, the, the Puerto Rican national team back then. And, and back then major league baseball players were able to play and they actually looked forward to playing in winter baseball in Puerto Rico, um, which isn't the case anymore. But back in, in those days and in, in the nineties, the teams were loaded and every, every all-star Puerto Rican all-star played down there. And I remember as a kid, just, being at the, at the field in San Juan and and watching uh, Carlos Delgado or watching Robbie Alomar or Sandy Alomar and Von Rodriguez, these guys were on the field. Uh, even before Ivan um, Rodriguez, at the time, Ivan Rodriguez was kind of up and coming. He wasn't even one of the main guys. It was it was Javi Lopez of the Braves, who was and and Carlos Delgado. They were like the two main catchers, and Sandy Alomar was another one. Um, but just as kids, we were able to just go on the field back in those days and, and to sit next to these guys and get their autographs. It wasn't, it wasn't such a big thing. Uh, and it was such an amazing experience. And, and that really like taught me the, how to love baseball and, you know, the, the focus and the commitment and just watching how those guys prepare. And they're always smiling. Um, they're always very given and just, uh, sharing with the fans at the end of the day, you're talking about 
all-star future Hall of Famers, and, and they were just sharing the joy of the game with the fans. It was just such an amazing experience. Now, growing up, did you play any other sports, or was it always baseball for you? I, I pretty much played everything. Everything, that any game with a ball. I was always very athletic. I was blessed with with athleticism and, and the ability to move really well and have coordination. So it was, I played baseball, I played basketball, football, uh, a little bit of soccer. There really, really there wasn't much soccer in Puerto Rico or in the Bronx at the time. Nobody played soccer, but um, we were always on the field or on the street, uh, sandlot ball, stick ball, uh, pick up basketball, uh, and, at, at the schoolyard or, or football, there was always something to do. So I, I was always out and about, always playing sports. Uh, and, and that's something that kind of taught me life lessons because uh, sports is, is life at the end of the day. It, it certainly is. And obviously life is, is a little bit different right now for all of us uh, with this season on hold due to the coronavirus pandemic that's been spreading across the nation and across the world uh how are you and your family doing in new york and what are you doing to pass the time during this uh stay at home order thank god we're we're pretty safe in the era now that we live in 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 the hudson valley in new york it's it's quiet it's a small town um and we so we have space and that's something that uh, i'm grateful for and i'm it's a blessing um just being able to have that open space where when we used to live in the city, you know, just like everybody, you're living in small apartment buildings and there's hundreds of people in the square block. Uh, so we're, we're extremely grateful uh, to have the opportunity to live here in, in the Hudson Valley. Uh, but we're safe. We're happy. We, we spend a lot of time outdoors or as much as we can. Uh, we'll take the kids to the playground. We'll go for for a hike and, and one of the beautiful trails or over to the Hudson River. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to, or learn how to fish. That's that's on okay. my bucket list. Okay. You know, growing up in Puerto Rico, uh, surprisingly, never went fishing. And there was no fishing in, in the South Rocks. Uh, so now I've decided, you know what, I'm, we have the time. I'm going to learn how to fish. And actually, that's one of the things – when I get down to West Virginia, I want to go fishing. Uh, I've heard there's some great fishing spots down there. Oh, yeah, Something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, maybe maybe you or, or another player or somebody down there uh, bring me on board and let me uh, join in on the fun. Yeah, so our, something that I'm really looking for. Yeah, so our, our groundskeeper actually is a pr- a pretty avid fisherman. So uh, I'll have I'll have him show you some good spots to because uh, he's a, yeah. he's he's from he's from the area. So I'll have him show you some spots to go fishing and and you guys and I'll, I'll certainly uh, join you if we have the time to go, to go have some fun on an off day and uh, and maybe catch some dinner. Yeah, no, that's that sounds amazing. Fishing, hunting is is something else that I also I've always been interested in it. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the opportunity to go hunting anywhere here in, in New York or right. well in the city growing up. But, you know, I, I, I have a, a real desire to, to learn how to do that. Just anything in the outdoors, I love to do. Um, nature walks, uh, I love to do that with my family. So I'm 
definitely looking forward to to the opportunity to do that once we get down to West Virginia. A couple of quick hitters here as you wrap things up with Rob Benjamin here on Expanding the Grid. Uh, what would you say is your number one mantra as a hitting coach? Uh, number one mantra. I would probably say uh, process over outcomes. Uh, a lot of players, uh, they get wrapped up in in the outcomes and results. Uh, but they need to understand that their process, how they go about uh, their preparation, uh, just getting external with their focus once they step into the batter's box, it's it's so critical. Uh, especially as, as a hitting coach, I I want to emphasize with these with the players that it's it's not going to be about most likely it's not an issue with your mechanics. It's just your preparation was your process. Uh, correct was your preparation correct are you focused on the correct things were you making uh, were you swinging at good pitches you know many times players want to default to to mechanics as the problem but in reality it's all these other things that were before that that led up to to the poor result to the poor outcome and and the bad swing Uh, so just the trust your process is definitely something that I highly believe in. What would you say is your favorite baseball memory from your time as a player? Uh, there's so many memories. So many. I, one, one of my favorite memories, uh, and then we were just going over uh, some of my college teammates. We were looking over the video uh, when we won the, the city championship at Old Yankee Stadium. This was uh, my sophomore year at Baruch College, a small D3 school in the city. Uh, but at that time, the, the schools in the city were able to play their championship games at either Shea Stadium or Yankee Stadium. So in 2001, uh, we, we had the opportunity to, to play at Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built, and win the championship. It was such an amazing experience. It's something that, to this day, we still talk about it. We have our, our group chats and just going and trying to figure out how to have a reunion. That's something that I would never forget. Did, did anybody take advantage of the short porch in right field and hit one out? No, nobody's hitting one out of it's D3 baseball. Nobody's going yard at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> hey, it's a, and, it's and a short right field. You never know. Some lefty could get under one and hook one out. True, true. And and back then, I think it's actually still the case, we had to use wood bats. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the schools in the city, the colleges, and the high schools, they had to use wood in conference. Right. So we, we had to use wood bats, and like our – Nobody. I mean, we were lucky to get it over the outfielders' heads. Yeah. You know, but we had a blast. I, uh, our pitcher, he he threw a great game, and I I made a game-saving diving catch out in right field and doubled off the runner at first. It, it's it was just surreal the moment and just like the magnitude is like, man, I just, we just won in Yankee stadium. See, you kind of, you kind of had a Ron Swoboda moment from the 1969 world series. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it was, uh, incredible. Like I said, I, I was just looking at the video and this was before HD. So looking at 
a video. It's grainy. It, it's just like, wow, I can't believe we actually right. used to watch television and movies with that kind of footage. It was like <laughs> old VHS yeah. uh, that was converted, and now it's digital, but you can still see it's just brutal, the, the, the definition. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly a memory that, will, that I'm sure will stay with you for uh, for the rest of your life. Uh, a couple more questions Absolutely. for you here. Uh, favorite place you've been able to travel to? Um, favorite place. I mean, I haven't done much traveling, but to me, it's always Puerto Rico. Um, it's 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 always been the place that I love to go to if. I have a week or if I have the, the finances, the income where I can, you know, afford a, a flight and to spend time at a, at a resort or with family. Uh, to me, it's always home. It's always going to be home. So uh, just the beaches there, the, the people, the, the, the way they treat everybody is just, you know, it's, it's something that I've always looked forward to and always try to find a way to return back. So I, I would have to say just going back to Puerto Rico as being my favorite place to go. Now, for someone who's never been to Puerto Rico before, because I've never been, if I'm going there and you're recommending that I have to try this food <laughs> that's Puerto Rican cuisine, what am I trying? What is the one thing that I have to get in Puerto Rico? Uh, you have to go to, let's see, to Piñones, okay. which is a, a small little like seaside community uh, northeast of San Juan. It's maybe about half an hour uh, along the coast from San Juan, and it's just a bunch of little uh, food kiosks right there on the beach. Uh, and just the seafood is so fresh and so amazing. My favorite meal, and it's always the first stop I make. I, I go to Piñones before I even go to visit my grandmother <laughs> or, or, or my mom when she was living in Puerto Rico at, at the time before she moved after the hurricane. Uh, a few years ago, she moved back to the States. But uh, Piñones and getting the uh, the stewed conch. It's, uh, it's carrucho. Um, and it's, it's over, the stewed conch is served over um, a ball of mashed uh, plantains, fried plantains, which is a uh, mofongo. So the the sancocho, uh, the carrucho with with the mofongo, it's it's absolutely divine. It, the 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 conch just melts in your mouth, and you can also get it just like uh, salad. You can get the conch. You can do so many different things, and of course, like the oysters and the fresh uh, snapper that they grab right out from the water and serve it to you with, with salad and then fried plantains. It's, you know, there's so much, but the street food, just the, the beach and the street food is to go to. And that's how you're really going to learn and love any culture. It's just that street food is it. That sounds absolutely incredible. I cannot <laughs> wait to, to go to Puerto Rico and, and go try all of the street food out there that I can. That is that is marvelous. And, uh, I, Rob, this has been— and the a, DR as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, Nathan actually no. gave us some Dominican Republic uh, recommendations. He, he said he thought he tried goat last year, uh, and uh, he said he thought it was goat, but whatever it was, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's— one something that I love to do and I, I mentioned is the street food 
and then people are always suspicious. Are oh, you going to get sick? Or you know that thing is it's, it's not good. You don't you, you don't trust street food. But that's I'm the opposite. And I would tell Knight or I would tell God Cabby like, hey, pull over. I want to try that whatever that <laughs> lady's doing right there. She's frying something and putting some type of sauce. I want that because she's putting her her love and her passion, and she's trying to provide for her family. Uh, so I actually trust that little old lady there on the corner with her basket and her little frying pan more than I might some restaurant where, you know, there might be, you know, somebody that's just being careless and really doesn't want to be there. But you know, this lady, this is her livelihood. Uh, she's going to give you everything she has and it's going to be with love and, and, and with care, the best meal you could have. And it's the street food. Rob, this has been a, a tremendous conversation. Uh, all the insight you gave it into hitting and minor league baseball and, and to yourself and telling your story has been wonderful to learn. Uh, it's been great to get to talk to you. I'm glad that you're staying safe up in New York and that your family's doing well. Uh, we we certainly you. hope that, that you are going to be in West Virginia with the rest of the team sooner rather than later. But Can't wait. Yeah, until then, man, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll start planning that fishing trip here when we get a chance. Let's go. Thank you so much for having me, David. I'm real looking forward to, to getting down to Charleston and getting to know everybody and getting this thing going. We absolutely cannot wait as well. That is Rob Benjamin, the 2020 power hitting coach, joining us here on Expanding the Grid. We'll be back with more in a moment right after this. Well, so glad we had an opportunity to get a chance to chat with 2020 power hitting coach Rob Benjamin. Has such an incredible story to share and has really been all over the world and at every different level of baseball in terms of his coaching and playing opportunities. So certainly glad we had a chance to introduce him to you all listening out there. Uh, But time to transition a little bit away from Rob Benjamin. Still stay in the uh, hitting realm, though, as we are going to celebrate the greatest hits Uh, And by that, we do mean the term hits literally, uh, as Dominic Lorenz is going to rejoin us here on the podcast with a special uh, hitting related uh, game that he has developed. And for that, I will uh, let Dom introduce it and explain what we're going to do today. Dom. Thanks, David. Well, today, the good old game of who wants to be an MVP hitter. That's kind of the quote unquote name I'm giving it. Basically, it's kind of mixing a little greatest hits with the nostalgia of baseball movies. So I've chosen five baseball movies and a famous hit from those movies. I have the audio clip. I'm going to play it for you. And you, David, have to figure out what movie they're from. And if you can get all five right, then I will bow down to you. You will be the king of baseball movies. But I have five for you. Are you ready to go? Well, I was going to say, so I have, I have a couple of questions first to, to establish this uh, for the listeners. Um, one, what do I win? Uh, if I get all five right? If you get all five right, you get to, at some point in the near future, shave your beard after quarantine. Oh, tremendous prize. Okay, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about that. All right. that that's a, that's a worthy prize. Can I shave the mustache too? Yes, you okay. can shave the mustache. Okay, great. Out of, the, out, out of our growing facial hair competition from last week's podcast, I think you can 
shave you know shave everything off first. Excellent. All right, I'm not going to get all five right because I'm not that big of a movie buff, but uh, that's that's a great goal to shoot for. So so love that. Now uh, because I'm not that big of a movie buff, though I have seen quite a few sports movies. Uh, am I able to get some help here? Do you have multiple choice for me, or do I have to guess out of the wind? So what we're going to do is when I first play the clip, you'll listen, and then you'll have your chance. If you know it, you can answer it. If you're struggling, you can have the unlimited help button. You may press at any point, and I'll give you a choice between two movies. Is it movie A or movie B, and you pick, and we'll see if you get it right. So those are your two kind of options, straight out and pick, or you'll get a 50-50 shot. Okay, I'm going to try and not use the 50-50 more than twice uh, during – this time so so we'll we'll shoot for no more than two i'm probably not gonna do that i'm probably gonna have to use it more because i'm very bad at trivia but uh we'll see how this goes but uh dom take it away i'm ready well the greatest thing is they're unlimited 50 50 so i'll put two on the board do we go over do we go under for all you betting folks out there but take the over take the over everyone take the over so here we go so let's play the first clip and here we go So that is the first clip that we have. David, do we have any guesses? All right. So the hit was an inside the park home run, uh, right? I, th- I think that's what I heard um, through the through the audio. Is is that correct? That is correct. It was an inside the park home run. Okay. So I know there's a baseball movie that has a very pivotal inside the park home run. I can't think of what it is right now i actually was looking at something that told me i I remember looking at this movie before we got on today uh, but i'm gonna need to use the 50 50 here uh to to help me remember it because i can't i can't think of the movie off the top of my head all righty here we go so is it out of the 50 50 choice for question number one is it a league of their own or little big league I think it's a league of their own. And that answer is correct. Yes. A league of their own. All right. The first one, the famous Rockford Peaches Racine World Series Championship Game 7 Kit Keller hitting the inside the park home run in that one. So David is a perfect one for one to start the show. Excellent. I love to hear that. All righty. So here we go. So now we're going to move on to movie number two and see if David can go a perfect two for two to start. Here we go. Austin Mueller looking into the sign. Be careful what you ask for, boy. And here comes the pitch. Oh, and a deep fly ball. 
And there's the clip number two. What movie is this from? So it was a home run. That is correct. Uh, I, I will I will tear back the fourth wall a little bit here, folks. So the audio you're hearing is crystal clear. Uh, I'm hearing this over a cell phone. So I, I, I struggle to hear some of these audio clips. I could tell it's a home run. So uh, I'm going to throw out a movie that I know has a very pivotal home run in it and say The Natural. The Natural is a great guess, but that one is incorrect. Darn. All right, well, then give me the 50-50, see if I can figure it out just from just from plain luck. So for plain luck, is it either the Jackie Robinson story or 42? Oh, uh, we'll go 42. And 42 is your lucky number. 42 is the movie of choice, as that one is the home run that Jackie Robinson gets the Brooklyn Dodgers into the World Series near the end of the movie. So we'll give you a one, I guess, a half point on that one. Yeah, I I couldn't really, like like I said, like I said, like I said, folks, I, I, you are hearing clean audio that has been dropped into the podcast. Uh, I'm hearing it through Dom's cell phone on a computer because that's what we're restricted to here these days. So uh, I could tell it was a home run, but I really couldn't tell a whole lot more than that. So uh, we'll go one and a half. I'll, I'll take that. So one and a half points so far for David. And again, doing his best with the audio being somewhat muffled a little bit here on the cell phone, but two gone, three to go. And let's try clip number three here in Who Wants to Be an MVP. This is my heater. I dare you to hit it. You'll be sorry. Yeah. Want the heater? I'll give it to you. And that is clip number three. So, David, if you could hear that, what do we got? Uh, I can hear it. I'm in between a couple, though, so so give me the 50-50 here just to, just to ease my nerves. Is it The Sandlot or is it Bad News Bears? Those are the exact two I was in between. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike here in this game. So which one do we think? My initial gut reaction is Sandlot. So... Yeah, I'm going to go with Sandlot. All right. Since that is your final answer, that is correct. It is the Sandlot. So two and a half in there for you. And for all those that love that movie, that was the home run that Ham hit when he pointed like Babe Ruth and hit it over the fence. And they couldn't play baseball anymore because that was the only ball that they had. So perfect for David. Two and a half out of three so far. Three gone, two to go. And let's get the next film up to bat. That is clip number four. From what famous movie is it from? All right. So I heard the iconic call of he did it, Hobbs did it, 
And that is, of course, referencing Roy Hobbs' home run in the natural. That is correct. You had used that choice earlier in the game, and I knew it was going to come up at some point. So perfect again from David, the natural Robert Redford hitting that famous home run as Hobbs. He did it. He hit that home run. So there we go. Another point for David, three and a half out of four. And here we go. The final swan song, the last one that I have. David, you're already a winner already. So we're going to take this as a bonus round. If you get this, you get 10,000 points. That seems ridiculous, but okay. Well, here we go. Let's go for the final call here of this game. So there might be some clues in that one, but what is the final movie clip that has been played from a famous hit? Yeah, there were some hints in that one, namely the fact that the team uh, in the clip is the Oakland Athletics uh, and the wonderful musical score behind it. I'm pretty sure this is Moneyball. And Moneyball is correct. Oakland A's winning 20 straight games in their new system, focusing with uh, sabermetrics and Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, they get it done as the Oakland A's have won 20 games courtesy off the bat of Scott Hatterberg, which in case was played by Chris Pratt, as we all know and love him from Guardians of the Galaxy. So there you go, David, four and a half out of five. That last one's worth 10,000 points. So at the end of the day, David, you win and you can shave that beard when quarantine is over. Excellent. I was going to do that anyways, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to know that I won a trivia game that entitles me to do so. Hey, it's all about validation, and guess what? Something to look forward to moving forward. Absolutely. Well, hey, Dom, uh, great job uh, with this game. Uh, Apologies for my going over the 50-50. I believe I used it three times for each of the first three movies, so I I told you all who were listening and taking bets to take the over, um, and and I did go just over. But I hope you enjoyed that little look back at some of the greatest hits in baseball movies. We will have uh, plenty more coming up here on Expanding the Grid. Uh, next week, we start a two-part broadcaster look-back series here with the West Virginia Power. We will start with the inaugural voice of the West Virginia Power and the final voice of the Charleston Alley Cats, Mr. Andy the Bull Barch, will join me on the podcast next week. It's a great conversation with Andy, and we certainly look forward to sharing uh, his time here in Charleston with all of you who either had a chance to know Andy or uh, never had a chance to make his acquaintance. But uh, for Power 2020 hitting coach Rob Benjamin and for my broadcast partner and trivia extraordinaire Dominic Lorenz, this is David Kahn saying so long here on another edition of Expanding the Grid. (laughs) 